0: Welcome back to another episode of Pixels and Ink. This is Dave Rosendahl. And a little while ago, I was invited by my friend, Andrew Ettinger. He's the owner and CEO of The Best Postcards to convene a group of experts who could talk to us about what's going on in the economy and how it's going to impact us as business owners and business leaders. He really pulled together an incredible group. One of the panelists is John J. Holt. He's the COO of Planet Fitness Holdings. I'm sure you've heard of Planet Fitness. And we also got Ellen Rohr. She's the president of Zoom Drain Franchise. And these two individuals in this session that you're about to listen to here really peeled back the layers on their experience with the recession. They've been around for a while and have seen other situations like this. And so what I had an opportunity to do was dig into not only Andrew's view on how we should navigate the upcoming recession, regardless of what kind of business we're in but also Ellen's perspective and John's perspective from both small business ownership from Ellen's perspective, as well as Fortune 500. John's got some incredible experience with Hertz, Pet Boys, Planet Fitness, and other organizations where he's been able to bring his talents to bear and help those organizations navigate situations like those that we're in right now. So we're going to dig into what you should do, what you shouldn't do, the things that are different about the 2008 recession and the one that we're in right now, as well as the top questions that the audience submitted about the recession and how to navigate through sales issues, marketing issues, staffing issues. And I think you're really going to get a lot out of this conversation. So let's jump right in. My name is Dave Rosendahl. Like I said, I'm the moderator for today's discussion. My day job, when I'm not moderating panels like this, is I'm the president and co-founder of MindFire. We work with thousands of companies in both the B2B and B2C verticals, and I can tell you that this topic about the recession is something that's on the minds of many business leaders, Fortune 100s, all the way down to mom and pop organizations across the world. So this is a very important topic. I was asked by my friend, Andrew Edinger, who I'm going to introduce to you now, to convene this conversation, to pull all of you together because of the severity of what we're facing as business owners and leaders. I think some of you likely haven't been through something like this before. So it might seem scary, it might seem different. Others, of you have battle scars, you've done this before. But regardless of your personal situation, the goal of this conversation is to understand how others have navigated through a similar situation and not only learn how to navigate, not only survive, But man, my prayer, my hope, my goal here is to help you understand how others thrive in a complex environment like this. So when Andrew asked me to moderate the discussion, I said, yes, without hesitation, this is an important conversation. If you don't know, Andrew Andrew is the CEO of the Best Postcards, and they specialize in helping home services, home improvement businesses, helping them grow brand, generate leads, and drive sales, ultimately what we're all after. And they service something like 700, 800 clients in HVAC, electrical, plumbing, roofing, doors, windows, and more. And they do that through a very unique direct mail offering that helps companies grow brand and uh, drive leads to grow sales. So that's a little bit about Andrew. You're going to hear more of his story here in a moment. But Andrew, I want to thank you for bringing us together today. How are you, my man?
1: I'm great, Dave. Thank you for moderating this. Ellen, it's an honor to have you here. Thank you. John, as always, I love you, buddy, and thank you for joining us and your both tremendous panelists that I think bring a, a ton to the table for the audience.
0: Let's talk about John here for a second. Also with us is John Holt. You can see him here on the screen. When Andrew and I were discussing this panel, John was one of the first names that Andrew said, hey, without hesitation, we got to get John on this call. He's going to bring a wealth of insight I'm going to give John an opportunity to say hi to everyone here, but just a little bit of background about him. He's an executive and a leader who's had just an incredible career within Fortune 300 companies where he brings his sales, operations, and P&L management to the table. He's done this in both corporate and franchise environments. Currently, he is the CEO for the gym franchise, Planet Fitness. Prior to that, he was senior vice president at some companies you've probably heard of, Pep Boys. And Hertz and John, I can't wait to dig into your perspectives today because of that background that you bring. I think it's a view that a lot of us here need to hear. How are you today? Thank you for being here.
2: Hey, man, I'm great. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Thanks for the opportunity. <clears throat> You're going to owe me. You owe me for this one. But no, I look forward to this. I look forward to the dialogue because we're all dealing with the same thing. And yeah, I've been through a yep. few of these myself. And I just look for look, looking forward to sharing some of my learnings over the years.
0: Can't wait. And lastly, let's meet Ellen Rohr. I think you're going to love Ellen's energy. You can probably already see her here on the screen engaging with you. We were connected to Ellen through Josh Kelly over at Clover. Anybody know Josh Kelly over at Clover? Give an X in the chat if you know Josh over there. When I was researching Ellen, preparing for the conversation today, if anybody knows Josh, yeah, let's see those X's there in the chat. There we go. Check this out. As I was researching Ellen, I found out something that really jumped out at me. She nearly sank. <laughs> her husband's plumbing company. I hope you're okay with me sharing that, Ellen. But as you described it, it seemed like there was a lot of money moving through the company at the end of the month. I know that when we talked about this, you said it was like, you know what? There was just nothing left over at the end of the month. Anybody resonate with that? Give me a yes in the chat if anybody resonates with a lot of money coming in, but at the end of the month, nothing left. But with the help of some mentors, Ellen figured out how to turn that around, how to fix and grow a successful business. And now I know that you teach business planning, financial literacy, you help contractors make the business aspect of what they're doing simpler and more profitable. And now you're the owner and president of Zoom Drain Franchises Franchise with, a I think, 20 locations across the country, drain and sewer franchise. You've also written, I believe, four books, Where Did the Money Go?, How Much Should I Charge?, The Bare Bones Business Plan and The Weekend Business Plan. You're also on podcasts. You're all over the place, Ellen. How the heck are you today? Thank you for being here.
3: I love, love, love doing this. I know I'm gonna learn something today. And as you mentioned, a lot of people were generous with me, with their information. It's how we turned our company around 30 some odd years ago. And I've just spent the rest of my life helping people start, fix, grow, flip, sell businesses. And this is a great opportunity to share and learn. So thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. I'm excited to hear what you all have to share. Before I start grilling our panel, on their thoughts and answers to your questions i want to know what you all think here in the room a few days ago if you look at the screen here i ran this poll on linkedin in preparation for the event today almost 500 people probably more have voted at this point i asked the question is the u.s in a recession and of these folks 66 percent said yes 19 percent said no 12 percent said hey you know what i'm not sure and three percent had another opinion What I wanna do is I wanna know from you in the room. I'm gonna launch a poll here. I wanna know your answer to this question. So I'm gonna give you about 20 seconds. If you look at the screen, I'm gonna give you 20 seconds to answer here. Is the US in a recession? Yes, no, or heck if you're not sure, that's okay too. Let us know. (laughs) Come on guys. 69 people, 72 people, 80, the numbers are climbing. This is fantastic. I like seeing this here. You're going to see if your peers here in the room match what we saw on LinkedIn. Could we get 100% voting here? Come on. We got 97, 98 of you. Let's go. Keep going. All right. I'm going to bring this to a close here. (laughs) You like the music, Ashley. That's great. All right. Here are the results. I'm going to bring those up here on the screen. Interesting. Wow. So if you look at the screen right now, you'll see the results. Is the U.S. in a recession? Of those of you here in the room, almost identical to what we saw over there on LinkedIn. Uh we have 64% of you saying yes, we are in a recession, 19% saying no, very interesting. I'm going to want to dig into that and 17% saying I'm not sure. So very uh similar sentiment here in the room as we saw there on LinkedIn. Thank you for answering that question and with that backdrop, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump into the questions here. So it seems like most of you feel that we're in a very interesting time here, certainly, to say the least. What I did to prepare is I went through all of your questions. Many of you threw in questions here as you signed up. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the panel these questions and try to draw out insights from them that help you navigate the situation. Andrew, I'm going to start with you, man. When we started talking about this, you said you had some things you wanted to share with the group, given your experience with recessions in the past and then just the other day you posted this on linkedin by the way if you're not connected with andrew on linkedin my team craig and mike please drop andrew's profile in the chat so folks can connect with andrew but i saw your post on linkedin it was yesterday or the day before about the recession and you mentioned something that i don't think we're talking enough about which is the mental health aspect of this conversation and how it impacts our employees so i'd love for you to just talk for a moment about your thought process around that and why today's conversation is important to everybody who's here in the room.
1: And I have another video coming out where I'm very transparent about my own mental health situations that's coming out on LinkedIn soon. We as business owners, like Elon Musk said, it's like staring into the abyss every day. You're scared for yourself, you're scared for your family, but you're also scared for all your employees and their payrolls. And sometimes you have to take a minute to realize that your employees are an extension of yourself, they're an extension of your brand, and that if we're suffering, if we're going through financial problems or mental health problems, then for sure our employees are suffering and going through the same situations, everything being relative. And if we're not in touch with how our employees are feeling, then well, people talk a lot about retention. Retention's all on top down leadership. We have zero turnover, um, but we are very in tune with our employees. And we, it's, you have to realize that everybody is made out of the same cloth. Nobody's better than anybody else. Money doesn't make anything better. I'm wearing the same t shirt that I wore. 10 years ago when I was broke and it's just really important. And uh, I can't wait for my LinkedIn post to come out, but staying in tune with your employees is probably the number one thing because they are an extension of your brand.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, folks, if you resonate with the mental health aspect of this situation or in general, I've asked my team to drop Andrew's contact info there in the chat. Feel free to reach out to him. He is an open book and very willing to share about his journey there. And I think it will potentially help many of you. John, I want to throw the next question to you again. Thank you for being on the panel. You've been a leader at many household brand names, and you've also had an opportunity to work with some marquee leaders over your time in the industry Specifically, I'm curious here, as we get to know you a little bit, tell us about working with Carl Icahn. I know that's a name that I'm sure many here in the audience know. Tell us about that experience and a little bit about your history as it relates to recessions in general.
2: Yeah, hey, it's funny It's funny you ask that about Carl Icahn. I get that question asked of me a lot, right? Because um, he has this certain aura about him, right? But let me just first say that Carl has the nicest office I've ever been to, a nice little view down Central Park. I was all inspired when I got there, but in all seriousness, he definitely has a strong personality that demands respect, but I was surprised and pleasantly surprised um, on the interaction between him and his team. It was our first business review that we had there where there was a a lot of pushback and bantering between Carl and his team. It was a lot of healthy and open dialogue, which I did not expect going into the place. So very interesting.
0: Interesting. I may follow up with you after the event. very curious about how other leaders lead. So thank you for sharing that. Let's get to know Ellen a little bit more, and then I'm going to jump into some of the tough questions here. Ellen, I alluded to this in the intro when I introduced you here. You almost sank your husband's company. What the heck happened there? Tell us that story.
3: I think I was set up to fail because I thought I knew better. I have a degree in business administration. I'd had a lot of experience. Unfortunately, my husband's partner worked himself into a health crisis, age 33, worked a hundred hour work week and died that weekend. We had this really traumatic, awful experience with my husband, his best friend and partner. So I raised my hand and I say, listen, I'll quit my real job. I'll come work with you. I'll count the money. You turn wrenches. It was a little plumbing company and we'll get rich. None of that happened. It was absolutely awful. We were hating on each other. I we didn't Oof. have any money. I would say we don't have enough money, and my husband would hear you're not good enough. And you can imagine. Yeah, I think I've lived the mom pop shop. I'm sure there's folks on the call who can relate to this. If you can type it in, but what happened is I found a mentor in the pages of a magazine. And this is what podcasts are anymore, and websites. There are people out there who've been through tough times and learned a few things, and they share it. And that's where I found my first great mentor. His name is Frank Blau. He's about 120 years old right now, union contractor from Milwaukee. And he taught me how to figure out my asset from my elbow. He taught me how to read financial reports. It changed my life. I felt like I was born again. And since then, I was like, how does someone like me not know this? It really became my life's mission to help people figure out the financial aspect of their business. So that's what I do. That's what happened. And really, we'll cut to the chase. If you're not priced right, you're going to struggle. And especially as we dig into this topic today, if you have to raise your prices, I don't see how you don't, given that your costs are going up. It's a challenge, but man, it's going to be sooner or later. And for those who are brave enough to realize this sooner, they're going to be in better shape right now. That's just one little tidbit for you.
0: I see my friend Alicia here saying, I respect you, Ellen. I could not work with my hubby.
3: (laughs) I don't (laughs) anymore. I don't anymore. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. We sold that business like 30 years ago and now we do not work together. Too many scars. Alicia, girl, I hear (laughs) you.
0: Yeah, Ellen, you're freaking awesome, says Jason. Thank you. I'm sure you're (laughs) going to get a lot of what everyone has to share here. I'm going to jump into the tough questions now with that kind of warm up there. And I'm going to start with you, John. And again, these are questions that came in from everybody here in the room, and they exemplify what I think are the top questions that came in from the hundreds of you who registered. Uh, my My Fire team, please drop Ellen's LinkedIn profile there into the chat and do that for John as well so folks can connect with both. But John, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to start with some questions around recession in general, because I know that There are different definitions. There's an official definition, of course. But John, I want to ask you your opinion here. How do you define a recession? And how many have you managed through in your career?
2: I had dinner last night with my investment banker, and I asked him the same thing. And he'll tell you, technically, a recession is defined by two consecutive quarters of declining GDP year over year, right? Seeing, Seeing an economic slowdown. The Atlanta Fed GDP model now is predicting a 2.1% decline in Q2. That, along with the 1.6% decline in Q1, would indicate technically that we're in a recession. That's where we would be. What I've learned over the years is typically the Fed and people get caught up too late. We've already, sometimes we, I remember a time trying to think what year it was, we've been in a recession and came out of it before people started talking about we've actually had a recession. You talk about we had it and you didn't really do it when we're here. So, we might be dealing now with the Fed coming to the table a little late with some interest rates. And will they go too far? And will that trigger a downturn? Everything you've heard in the news today. There's a lot for us to cipher through right now. There's more being thrown at us now in a post pandemic era and technically in an endemic era that we have to weed our way through. We have to weed through. So, it's a complicated situation for any business owner today. I don't envy those who are running. I've been a small business owner. I too have failed. So hats off to everyone here who's doing that. And hopefully we can help you through this. On top of all that, you've seen the S&P, the NASDAQ and Dow having their worst starts to a year in several decades, right? The worst returns at the halfway point for the market since 1950 and the weakest since the 1970s. There's a lot for us to cipher through. The good news is that I would tend to say is that I think we might be halfway through this or more. And if there's anything we to hang our hat on, at least from the stock market, and that usually drives other things, is that the longer-term markets tend to rebound very nicely. If you look at the statistics, the S&P 500 has been higher three years later in eight of the nine cases in which yep. the index has fallen 20% or more. So I think we could be at a point we're getting, we're, maybe we're already turning and heading the other way.
0: So how many recessions have you managed through?
2: The last one I can tell you was the 08, 09, right? Okay. And I was with Hertz and that was in the Southeast market. Was the
1: recession. 1908 or 2008? That would be that
2: 208. Oh, <laughs> <wow. laughs> That's so rude. Uh, I think I look pretty good for my age at that point. But uh, <laughs> uh, look, recessions can be healthy to an extent if you have a healthy business, especially. And we've all been through corporate America. And it even happens in small business where you end up getting this cost creeped and you add on one thing and one thing you wake up one day and go, what's going on? I can tell you with Hertz, when I was overseeing 350 locations in the southeast in Puerto Rico, I went in and we closed nearly 50 locations. Within a year, we had more locations open. We opened more than the 50 we had closed and we were better off as a company because we got rid of a lot of the bad decisions that you know you make in Mm good times. So good times and bad times. Good times people make decisions and everyone can look good. Bad times it it sheds the light on some of your decisions and it's time to clean it up. So that was the last one that I went through.
0: Ellen, let me ask you a two-part question here. First of all, do you agree with John's definition of what a recession is? And how many have you managed through in your career?
3: I believe John, he's an educated person on this. I am not. So I'm gonna say yes, John is spot on that. And part of it is by design. I have just chosen not to become an expert on this. What I do is pay attention enough to understand. Okay, there may be some recessionary situ- a recessionary situation, and what does that mean? Going to your second question, when I graduated from college, interest rates prime was like at eighteen percent, mm, like, uh-huh. and then over the over the years, there's been these ups and downs. And I, I am, by nature, an optimist. I think entrepreneurs are defined by an optimism. Even the grumpy ones have basic belief that things are going to be just fine, that we're going to get through this. I see John, you shaking your head. This is just another blip. So what do I look for in in economic challenges? One is a great mentor of mine said there's plenty of work to do in your own hula hoop. So if I can't control the situation, I rarely spend much time on it. I may pay attention. But I'm going to work on what's in my hula hoop. And I got to tell you, there's a lot to do right here. So what I'm going to do, what I'm going to share with my franchisees is calls, texts, and trucks every day. Do we have enough calls? Are the guys there? Look them in the eye. Make sure they're OK. If they looked you in the eye yesterday and they don't look you in the eye today, you maybe have a beef. You better clean that up. But to your point, Andrew, your team is everything. They're going to solve all your problems. And then what do you really need? Calls, texts, and trucks every day. You need maybe... Five people to come work for you to turn your company a whole quantum leap bigger. You need maybe a 1,000 or 2,000 customers in your marketplace of a million people. So you could choose not to participate in the recession and focus on your economy. And that is the advice that I would give over and over. Another thing that I notice is other people panic and I don't. So this is the time to buy companies. The mom-pop shop who's just had it who didn't put away the nest egg and cho- their choices are closing their shop or maybe you make a better deal for them. So I really right. like napkin, napkin deal acquisitions and you will grow through acquisition during a recession if you're paying attention.
0: Who, uh, who agrees with Ellen there? Drop an X in the chat if you agree with what she just said. Uh, drop an X in the chat. I want to know who agrees with that. I also see that David <laughs> Gardner, my friend here, says that the reduction in GDP for this year is smaller than most of the last five recessions i think that's what you're saying there david and the interest rate is still relatively low and employment is holding at a relatively high level so interesting counterpoint there andrew i'm coming Mm -hmm. to you with the next question here you and i have spoken about the economy about the impact of the pandemic i remember our conversations in early 2020 when covid was going nuts and I remember that you led your company through that period by applying an insight that you picked up from the Harvard Business Review. I'd love for you to share that insight with everyone and how you use that to navigate that situation.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. And I just, as a point to what Ellen was saying, I live in my own bubble, um, myself too. Clearly. And, yeah. And <laughs> I've had... Fortunate enough to have a couple mentors, and One of them who's on here, who's helped me significantly, is like Lou Hubeika, and who's really taught me the relevance of existing clients and retention, and that 75% of your business comes from your distant clients. So if you're able to hold on to your distant clients, you can turn off all the noise outside because you have that core base, like Ellen said. You have that 2,000 people. You don't need 20,000 people you have that core base that will continue to buy from you because you're the brand that they trust. They've bought from you before. they're not going to price you out. They're not they believe in, in in what you have to say. But back to your point, in 2019 when the pandemic and nobody really knew how the pandemic was going to play out. we didn't know it was going to turn into such a windfall for home improvement and for home services and all this free money was going to come around and resignation. But we were at a a turning point in our business and I read this article and it said, this is your time. This is is one of the greatest opportunities for certain companies. This is when people can become millionaires from the stock market to becoming a brand to uh, um to overtaking your competitors and the, the article said stay in your lane don't try and be someone who you're not if you're not a discount house don't try and do what nordstroms did or saks did and now have an identity crisis when you come out of it be a brand communicate with your customers communicate with With your teammates this is your choice now whether you can micromanage your people or you can empower them and this is your time to empower your people to understand them and you have your choice also where you can hide or you you can step up the marketing now it doesn't mean that you don't have to make adjustments to the marketing but maybe hone it in a little bit. Maybe gas prices are $5, and you don't want to drive out 70 miles for a new client that could be a $49 sale or, and hone it in a little bit. But now's the time that you should be putting your foot on the pedal because more companies have come out of recessions as market leaders, Than any other opportunity to become a market leader. And the other, the last thing is is look at where your competitors are, where their strengths are, and attack them where they're not. Obviously, I'm going to use direct mail as an example, but if they're on television and they're on radio and they're spending $20,000 on television, $20,000 on radio, and $20,000 on social media, but you can buy the household for 33 cents. And vice versa, if they're on if they're not on Facebook, attack them where they're not. And that's how you build your niche. And don't play up against their strengths. But uh, I really, what Ellen said is build your own bubble, do your own thing, and just concentrate and put your head down and move forward
0: So a lot of the questions that came in from you here in the audience was around, This specific event, this specific recession that we seem to be in, and there were a lot of questions that were, okay, so is this one different than what we've experienced in the past? How is this one unique from a historical perspective? What are the things that are going to be different this time around? John, I want to come to you in this set of questions first. From what you're seeing and from the lens through which you look at the last 30 or 40 years, what's different, if anything, about this particular recession?
2: A lot of things are different. Let me just say, this is the first recession that I've been managing through that's actually post-pandemic, right? And I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, we're not completely out of the woods on that either. It's still endemic. And then you add mm-hmm. in the additional geopolitical challenges that we're dealing with, including the war in U- Ukraine. And voila, you have a, an associated supply chain challenge issue happening in our economy. And it's creating a lot of uncertainty. So- these imbalances still need to work their way through, but they are still being complicated again with the ongoing COVID 19 issue, i.e., the lockdowns in China, Shanghai specifically. They just opened at the end of June, and now, now there's talk of another variation called the Delta Cron, which could again spin more of this. So, this one's a right. lot different than we've ever been through in the past. Andrew has mentioned. The supply of money that's been putting out there. So we went way up, we have come way down. Now we're headed way back up. There are some positive signs out there though, right? There are some concerns about the level of inventory is actually increasing. Uh, one of the long-term bulls would say that. So, and yet we're seeing shortages in some area and other areas you see the rise in inventory. So it's really a choppy water that we have out there. Someone mentioned earlier, the most important thing is job growth continues to be healthy, right? We added 372,000 jobs in June, which is in line with our monthly average of the second quarter. The other really good news is gas prices have been down 25 cents over the last month and off 37 to 39 cents from its high. So that would further alleviate some pressure that we'd have on inflation. You mentioned 9.1% at the beginning of the call, the core inflation is at 5.7. So
0: absolutely I think right.
2: that something could happen in Ukraine, the gas prices continue to go down, which will weave its way through the rest of the the economy is where I think we could be maybe already at the worst and headed the other way. So that's just a little bit of what's different. There's a lot of things different, all hitting us and coming together like a perfect storm here.
0: Ellen, what about you? What's different about this recession compared to what you've seen in the past?
3: I think underlining, I see patterns. I see that, okay, good business practices, stick to the basics here. To John's point here, if the supply chain is stressed, your relationship with your vendors is so important. Be the nice one. Don't beat them up about their prices. Make the phone calls. Keep the communication going because they're going to be making some decisions as the supply chain opens up about trucks, about materials. And you don't want to be the one that they look at their phone and go, oh no, it's this guy. These relationships will pay off. In spades, just to make sure that you have you're maintaining those vendor relationships in a really human way. And to Andrew's point, your team will fix everything for you. Don't neglect to talk to them about what's going on. What ideas do you have? What work have we left on the table? What are we doing we should stop doing? What should we start doing? I heard Kat Cole, man, she's amazing. She started as a Hooters hostess became the CEO of Cinnabon and took them to a billion in sales during the pandemic when airports and malls closed down, which is where they lived. Amazing. Now she works for Athletic Greens, but she said something I like. One of her favorite questions to her employees is what are we currently saying no to? So what do we say no to? And in her case at Cinnabon, people were saying, I would rather not have, I'm totally quoting her here. I'd rather not have a Cinnabon the size of my head could I get a smaller portion? And Cinnabon was hmm. saying, "No, we only make one giant Cinnabon." And so they started making mini Cinnabons and making them available through the stores and making them available bake at home. So to the things that your customers are hearing now, could we say, "Yes, this will all happen within your hula hoop. This is all happening internally at your company."
0: Fascinating. That's inspiring. I'm yes. going throw the yeah. It really hopefully gives everyone some encouragement that. And I think you're hearing this from the panel here that there are significant opportunities, but we have to be looking at, you know, where to find that leverage. If you're getting value in LinkedIn, over here in Zoom, if you're getting value from what everyone is saying here, please drop some yeses in the chat. Give us some love here so we know that folks are getting value. Tom, I see you saying you can't contribute to the chat. We're seeing your chat coming in, okay? So we see everyone's chat coming to us. You just don't see each other. Going back and forth, we're trying to keep the noise down for everyone. I want to turn this next question to you, John. It was a question that came from from Jillian, and uh, John, Jillian is asking, "What should we be doing to prepare for this recession?" And I think I want to hear from you, your perspective here, because I think you're in agreement with me and some of the people here in the room. We're already in a recession, so I'm not sure how you're going to answer this question. But how would you respond to Jillian when she says, "What should we be doing to prepare for this recession?"
2: Yeah, I'll say this. If you Googled how to prepare for a recession, two of the top five solutions yeah. are eliminate debt, which we've heard a lot of, but as you, as we discussed, I think we're already halfway through this, or we're already in it. So I don't know, it might be too late for that. And network to earn additional revenue. So again, eliminate debt and grow your revenue. So my biggest advice is not get caught up in chasing your revenue downward. If you're actually challenged with this, right? If you're seeing declining revenues, don't get caught chasing it down. You cannot cut yourself to success. You just can't. Look for other efficiencies, whether it be in operations or back office support or anything else in your business where you can get efficiency so you can continue to invest in marketing and growing your business in any way you can.
0: And a similar question here from Christopher. Ellen, I'm going to throw this one at you. How bad is this recession going to be in your opinion?
3: I don't, again, Go where they ain't. I love what John said about, or, and Andrew, don't try and be Walmart. Don't try and lower your prices. Like, figure out who your core customers are and do right by them. Now, in my industry, I tell you, I am so grateful to be in drain cleaning. I loves me a dirty job. Find those niches that are really recession and pandemic proof. You can I'd like to think of business like a a car. I got this from another mentor, Howard Partridge. Like your your business isn't you. It's okay to the business can get dinged up a little bit. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. We identify way too much with our businesses, right? Oh wow. Your business is a car and you can get another car. You could get a different car. You could fix your car. You could abandon a car. You could sell the car. So you have some choices with this business. And if your business is really affected by the pandemic or by the recession, you might consider, consider, and I tell you, I love acquisition, you might consider buying another company or another franchise, if you're a franchisee, in a dirty job space, one that is going to be pandemic proof. Really, the only hit we had during the pandemic was that team members got sick, and I don't mean to discount that at all. There was a lot of tragedy there, but the work was there. Every day we had more work and there are industries like that, the ones that other people don't really, really want to do. So I think you want to look for those niches, how bad the recession is going to be. Someone told me this. I don't know where this came from. The recession is when the market puts on a sale. There are people, it's like when housing prices drop again. Now, what's important is having cash. John, to your point, too much debt and you're stuck. And the time to pay down debt is usually during the good times. So let this be a lesson to you because this will pass and there's going to be some gravy days. Jack Stack of The Great Game of Business is one of my favorite mentors. And he's super smart, got a lot of businesses, like 50 employee-owned to some degree businesses. And what they do during good times is stockpile money. And that's what gives him all the confidence in the world. I'm getting goosebumps. All the confidence in the world to ride out recessions. He's been doing this a long time. Write out the recession, make some key acquisitions. To your point, John, divest of some things that are not working. Just cut your losses, defense. And then offense would be strengthening those areas of your portfolio that need more, more heft. I I love, Silden. I'm just saying, I love a recession. What difference does it make to you? Yeah, preach it. Yeah, preach
0: <laughs> Let's go. The, the I don't the mean next to set just of if questions the here
3: problems, uh, but there's opportunities.
1: Absolutely. And the talent, next set of questions and here talent are, that's going to become available. Say that again. So much talent is going to become available. Oh, you know, and you can never pass on good talent. It doesn't matter. We should always be running our businesses like we're in a recession. And if you're not, to John's point, then maybe it's a little too late. But the amount of talent that's going to come available now is like you said, you only need four or five people to come in and change your business. And those people are going to come available now where they wouldn't have been available in other times. So you gotta, you, you gotta take advantage of it.
0: Let's turn to the next set of questions here. There were a lot of questions, literally hundreds of questions that came in around the theme of marketing Specifically, I think, because folks are wondering, how do we market during this time? How do we maintain sales? How do we grow sales? What do we do? And so I'm going to go to John, Ellen, and Andrew on this question that came from Barbara, which was demonstrative of what many of you asked. Barbara says here, what kind of marketing strategies should we use during a recession? John, what's your thought there for Barbara?
2: I think the most important thing is to don't stop. I'll just say that. Because a lot of companies do cut back and things like that. I wouldn't even cut mm. back. I might cut back on spend, but I might look for, depending on your position, you may want to consider other mediums to use that might be less costly, et cetera. For example, when we were coming out of, it wasn't a recession, but for us, it was, we had to shut down our gyms, right? For nearly three months. And that's wow, talk yeah. about, that wasn't a reduction in revenue. That was a literally zero in revenue. So then the landlord still wanted their payment. So it was, we went through a period where, we didn't stop. We just, again, I know Andrew's talked about it, but we, rather than use some of the postcards, which can be a little more expensive, we shifted into a lot of his email or emails and stuff like that, we more digital. So I would just say, look for more efficient ways to do what you do. If you have a part of your business that's more re- recession resilient, I might pump more money that way, but you're going to have to just be agile, look at your business and just try to be cost efficient as best you can, but don't stop.
0: Ellen, what about you? What kind of marketing strategies should we employ during a recession?
3: Mentioned acquisition, best marketing strategy I know. Andrew does postcards. All right, so you're going to continue to send those postcards and then leverage those postcards with your networking efforts, your face-to-face, going to the supply house. We look at our lifetime value customers. Who are the customers that give us the most business? And It isn't the residential customer, a long life cycle of a sale, not a lot of money. For the most part, drains work really well. But those who give us a lot of business are other plumbing and mechanical contractors who don't want to do drains, other contractors. Our referral business is really where most Mm. of our leads come from. So if you were to consistently deliver direct marketing, like Andrew's talking about with postcards, social media, email blasts, and then leverage that with just stopping by, seeing how you're doing. How can I help? What do you need? Golf games, if you can afford them, going to just have some lunch. Those kind of face-to-face moments, I think to the, even to the mental health moment there, Andrew, like just to help a brother or sister out, people hmm. remember if you paid attention during a tough time.
0: So Andrew, since Ellen mentioned you there, what kind of marketing strategies from your perspective there at The Best Postcards As the marketing strategists, helping businesses grow, what do you think folks should be leaning into now during the recession?
1: We're very data and analytically based. And I think making sure who who your core client is so that you're not wasting money on people who who can't use your services. But giving Louvica a little bit too much credit. 75% of your business comes from your existing clients. You you should be spending 75% of your advertising whether it be community-based or whether it be networking or whatever, towards pleasing your existing clients. Um, And like I said, narrowing it down. I I believe tremendously in layers. I never think that anybody should put all their money into direct mail or anything like that. I think uh, it's a a tremendous layer, but there are certain things that you can do with direct mail that, that I guess you can do geofencing or something, but proximity mailers, like Ellen, if you have somebody who has an excavation, the chances are that whole neighborhood has an excavation. So we collect every week from people a list of all their install jobs. And so when you send a mailer out to 150 people, 75 to the left and 75 to the right, that says, hey, we just did a job in your neighborhood, that's killer. The return on that is better than anything else if a roof was built in 2000 and it's now 2022 and you get one person to do it you got to do the simple things i want to help the businesses so bad but when you get to talking to an owner and he says i don't put out yard signs because my guys don't do it look in the mirror that's top-down leadership you put a yard side down they've seen your truck they got your they've seen your social ads they've seen your television, they send you direct mail, and then they get a piece that says, We just did a job in your neighborhood. That's the client vouching to their neighbors, to their friends. It says, Ellen did a great job in my house, and I'm saying that I vouch for her. And so, so I good. like to go deep, not wide. And I just think existing clients, deep, not wide. And that's the way to do it. Andrew,
3: that I want is to go so to the let me just add to that testimonial. Yes. Suppose there's a picture of me and one of the guys, the truck in the background, that's on the postcard, the social media post, and they get it in their mailbox, which is increasingly unpopulated, right? Yep. There's not as much in the mailbox anymore. And then I see it's Ellen, you're my neighbor. Do you like these guys? I love these guys. And everything you just said is and solid. Thank you for that.
0: Andrew, I'm coming back to you on this question here. Fascinating question. I want to hear your opinion. This came in from Blaine, who says, I want to increase marketing. So, should I increase the number of people I'm targeting or increase the number of times per year that I'm marketing? What do you think, Andrew? So,
1: I think I just really answered that. And I think it's going to be not wide. It's not people go to walmart they don't ask for petroleum jelly they ask for vaseline when they talk about overnight they say bad X. we had spoken about kyle in the past um, from kj cheery who's on here and he's been a friend of mine and a client for a long time and it's if you went into the homes that he sent direct mail to over the years and he does it 10 times a year. Ninety percent of the people, if you asked them to name a tree company, would name K and J Tree, and only ten percent of them could name a second company. And when a storm came, what was it three years ago, Kyle? It was in May, and he didn't even have anything out. And he, he, he doesn't do other marketing; he wasn't doing social marketing and or digital. He got like a thousand phone calls after that storm from people googling him because he branded them and made them know that if it's a grudge purchase, right? It's you don't just wake up and say, I want to get my, the, sh, the shit's flowing. You, if nobody's going to do something right now, unless there's a problem, as Lou says, and Tom Casey says, provide solutions to people that are real problems. Don't sell products that you want to sell. If you got Lower your skews, just be great at what you do. Don't be good at everything. So go deep and not wide. I'd rather hit people more times and own them. I have a client who I did call tracking on and I just, I don't really believe in call tracking. I don't think it chose attribution because I think everything goes digital these days. People wanna see the ratings and the reviews. I like to show net lift as as opposed to call tracking, but um, where was I going with this?
0: You have a tiger also, or I'm something falling around who behind ran you. for a <laughs> year and got <laughs> taken over
1: by a private equity company and he quit in August. And I was looking at his call tracking the other day, and from September to now, he's gotten 474 calls unique of over three minutes. And I think that's double because I think. You know, and and went to the website. That's branding. Get the ROI now. I don't say it doesn't have to be direct mail. It could be TV. It could be radio. It could be, but just anybody can jump into that instant gratification field. Anybody. I
0: we got you, Drew. There's a question coming in here. Yeah, a couple questions coming in here that I want to make sure we get to, and then I know you want to talk a Mm -hmm. little bit about the radius mailer aspect as well. But let me hit a few more for John and Ellen. By the way. Laura is asking, do we get to meet the cat? There's something crawling <laughs> around behind you there, Drew. Do we get to meet the cat if we become a client? So I'm sure the answer is yes, Laura. We'll ship you the cat if you want. <laughs> John, I'm gonna give you this question here. This came from Ray. What are oh, the best yeah. ways to gain cat. market share during a down period? What's your experience around gaining market share in a time like now?
2: But the easiest, quickest way is what Ellen talked about a lot of acquisition. But what I like about this question was that new market leaders, as Andrew said, is, are made in downturns. And this question is not about how cutting back, this is the best way to gain share. And that's what I really like about this question. So I'll just say that many people, and I'm one of them, have been waiting to do some projects in my house, right? I'm not the person who's going to buy into the frenzy that was going on and waiting around. So it's been more than a year and a half for us. But now we're starting to plan a renovation because of where we are in this cycle. So I think it's a good time to execute on your strategic and targeted marketing plan. Everything we've talked about being here, again, if cash is tighter, you might want to look to pivot to new mediums, as as, as I mentioned, but I think now's the time maybe to shift away from longer branding type marketing instead of focusing on maybe promotions and driving deals to make things happen. Now, I'm not saying discount yourself or do any of that, but focus on getting it now rather than the brand building long-term types of things. And again, if your businesses or any part of your business is recession, resistant, then you may want to reallocate some funds in that area.
1: And I love bundling over discounting. Give them the better value, but sell more product.
0: Yeah. Ellen, I'm going to throw you this question from Laura. I think it is it Lara, Laura, forgive me, folks, if I mangle your name. Ellen, I'm throwing this one to you actually here. Should we focus marketing more to existing customers rather than new customers? What's your thought on that?
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah. There we are. Yes. And do they know other customers? That's the whole, that's what I like so much about Andrew's approach is that those people turning on someone else. i what if you put a list together of 25 people? Oh, listen to this. What if you put a list together of 25 people? Your favorite customers. I'll ask that of my franchisees, of consulting clients, of who's your favorite customer? Oh, I like a person who no, no, what's her name? Susie. Susie Gorman. Okay, could you call Susie Gorman and tell you how much, tell her how much you love her? Just call her to say, you know what? Ellen asked me, who's my favorite customer? And I said, Susie Gorman. And here's why I love you. She's getting this phone call out of the blue. I love you because you're nice to my team members when they come over. You don't squawk about my price. And I know I'm not the lowest price guy in town. And I appreciate that. And you make your house available. We work together really well. I wish I could clone you. Now you've just tipped the scales out of balance. She kind of, she's never gotten a phone call like this in her whole life. So there's that. And now she is a receptive to giving you a solid. So if you were to say, Susie, what do you love about me? Why do you call me instead of someone else? She's going to give you a headline. She's going to give you some copy for this postcard. Absolutely. And then you're going to say, Can I get, a, could I come over and check on the system? Probably some more work to be had there. And then could we send this to your neighborhood, to your homeowners association? Could I target her friends? You can go to these mail houses and buy 50 addresses with email addresses and target them just person by person and if that person is an influencer suppose they have a radio show they're a realtor they're part of the local government they're on the school board then you're capitalizing on someone of whom their neighbors will say I got a problem I love you Who should I call isn't this fun <laughs> now I that's in you. my it's all in my hula hoop right here I'm not worried about the economy. So if you haven't done that, quit talking about the economy. Do what's in your hula hoop. And I listen, John, I love people like you. I have members on my team who are much more educated about finance and investing and interest rates and everything, God bless them. Teamwork makes the dream work. But what I focus on is what can we do every day calls, tax and trucks.
0: So I see a lot of, uh, love the hula hoop reference do what's in your I it. Quit talking I about Andrew the economy. Said. That's gold. Amen to that. <laughs> I, I want to keep getting to folks' questions, but Andrew, I saw a few folks asking, so do you help with lead generation? How do you help a company through a, a time like this? What kinds of services do you offer specifically that help? And I know you have something you want to share with the group here, so I want to bring that up on the screen. And while you're talking, just for a moment about this, Andrew, I would love my team to go through Pull the top questions that have come in and paste those into the chat, and then I'm going to come back to the panel with your questions. So go ahead, Drew. Take a minute to walk through this, and then we'll come back to questions here.
1: Well, Twelve seconds on just something that Ellen said that we learned our entire business from our entire from our clients from listening to them and making a model that works for them, and thanks to people like I guess say Lou, Mike, Tom Casey. But we Lou made these PVC cards that were branded to his company that are the size of a credit card and they're branded it's this $50 referral on it and on the back of it is a, it has a, the text name on it and the back of it has an open spot and they're like 35 cents each and so they're the same thing as business cards but they're plastic and he gives 500 to each one of his team members and every time a tech leaves they say hey if we did a good job hand this to a a friend, a family, coworker. And if you write your name in the back of it, we'll send you a check for $50. And his wife gets about 10 of them back a month. She's the biggest supporter of him, but his whole team is so disciplined. He gets 50, I'm making maybe I'm making up a number, but you get the idea. He gets 50 of these back a month. And he incentivizes his tax by $25, $35, $25, $35, whatever. And you give it to him in a form of a gift card so you don't lose half the money in taxes. And he's picking up 50, 60 accounts a month of closed business for 50 bucks each, plus the for a closed account. That's 700 accounts a year. It's just, you just got to do it. You just got to step through the process, just like what you're talking about. But uh, what I want to do is, I've talked about radius mailers because I really think that this is one of those things, or especially people in the trades, that it works for everybody. They see, like Ellen said, they see the yard sign, they see the truck and it's when you see a second yard sign and a third yard sign, the amount, the, it, it becomes like a vicious cycle. Like everybody starts using you. And so we have some samples of them and it, they're not expensive. It's a 150 pieces is 90 bucks uh, and they're personalized. Hey Jane, we just did a job in your neighborhood and 75 homes to the left and 75 homes to the right. And for everybody who came out to this webinar or watches this webinar, we wanna just say, what we do is every Friday, we collect a list of your installs where most of the people were. We do turnkey. We can get right into your systems for you and do this for you. Um, but if not, you can set up a program that sends it to us. But And for anybody who wants, we're, we're willing to do five radius mailers uh, for 25% off to anybody to give them a try because this is what you should be doing. Proximity mailers is, there's no better way besides networking and acquisition,
0: but. So if you want to take uh, Andrew up on that offer, folks, drop 25% here into the chat here in Zoom or in LinkedIn. I know we're coming up to our time. Two minutes officially left on the clock. I'm going to go out on a limb here though and ask John, Ellen, and Andrew, would you stay a few minutes past the hour? Do you all have time? Raise your hand if that's okay. You all have time or give me the thumbs up. John, you okay? I know you're busy running your companies. What I want to do is, Folks, if you need to leave, because I know we scheduled this for an hour, if you need to leave, go ahead and let us know if you want us to send you the recording, because I'm going to go into a few more questions here with John, Ellen, and Andrew, and I assume you don't want to miss those replies, so if you want the recording, let us know in the chat. Give us your best email address there, or if you want us to send it to someone else on your team so you don't miss it, let us know in the chat. If you want to take up Andrew's offer on the 25% off, please drop 25% off here in the chat in Zoom or in LinkedIn. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your and questions. We'll do that's... it
1: for we'll do it for radius mailers. We'll do it for valve tags. We'll do it for vinyl stickers. It will do it for yard signs. So 25 percent just keeps. Of, you pick one, and uh, we're we'd love to help people who have helped us, just like Alan said. So absolutely, uh, if we can help, we're already national wholesalers, so nobody's going to touch our pricing and. We'd love to help out if we
0: can. Let's do this. I know that some of you have to drop off. So before you leave, did you get value from John, Ellen, and Andrew? Give me a yes. Give me some X's and O's in the chat. I want to see that feedback coming in from you. If you have to leave, I totally understand. I'm going to take a little bit more time here from the panel, though, and get to a few additional questions. If you want that, let us know here in the chat. But did you get some value? Give us some X's and O's. Give us some energy. Thank the panel if you do have to drop off. If not, if you can stick around, I'm going to get into some more questions here that have come in live as we've been talking here. So this was a question that came in from Natalia. Raise your hand, panel, if you want to answer this question, and let's try to be brief so I can get to as many as we can. Natalia is asking, should we be open with our salespeople to help them understand how they should be treating their clients during this time to get repeat business? So should we be open with our people? Anybody want to take that one? Let's say, go ahead, Ellen. I see you smiling. So I'll let you give your response there.
3: Yes, yes, yes. I like open book management. I like transparency. I like, I am not the smartest guy in the room by far. I really don't actually do anything. My team will attest to this. Thanks. I know they're on the call. All I really try and do is facilitate, document, and disseminate information. That's my job. And they're in it every day. Your salespeople are the ones affecting the sales number, the cost of goods sold number, what operational expenses you have. If you don't share the financial information with them, your marketing strategy with them, you're just hogging all the opportunities at your company. And as you get older, you really start to realize how temporary it all is. I'm not going to be the one to take our company to the next level it's all about the team right so yes just bring them in on the game it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to tell them the truth you don't have to have it all figured out you just have to facilitate document and disseminate information and projects like let them in
0: let me see if i can get a quick response to this two-part question from each of you let's try to be as succinct as we can interesting question first part is What percentage do you spend on marketing during the good times? That's A. B is, do you change that percentage during a recession? I'm going to go from the order I see here on my screen. John, what's your reply to that?
2: Yeah, we'll spend near, yeah, I'll just say this. We're a fairly recession resistant business. And I've been fortunate enough to be in that most of my career. So we really don't change. We'll spend upwards of 10% on our marketing and we'll do it in good times and bad. 10%.
0: All right, Ellen, what do you normally spend? And do you change that during a recession? Go ahead. Percentage-wise. Let me
3: just comment that, John, the fact that you said that about your niche is really powerful. Yeah. By the way, kudos to you. We will spend whatever we need to spend to get the calls we need. So if we need three to four calls a day per service tech every day, we're going to spend that money. And you can increase pay-per-click or Google LSA as possible. It's the priciest way to go, but we'll spend what we have to spend. It's usually ten to twelve percent. Good times, bad times.
0: Got it. Got it. Luhabika says eight percent spend for his business, and I don't change the percentage, just the mix. Okay, excellent. Yes, uh, helpful point. there. Yep. Yeah. I see Kevin saying lots of outstanding info. I see a lot of folks asking for the recording. Let me know, folks, if you have a question here. I want to make sure that I respect the panel's time. I know that there were a lot of questions that came in that I didn't have a chance to answer. So if there's anything that is burning, please drop that in the chat there. I want to make sure I get that. I have a a question here that came in from a few people. Actually made me stop and think. Question myself here. I'm going to go Andrew, Ellen, John on this. It came in from Paige. Paige is saying, how is the recession going to affect the labor market? And I know we've touched on that a little bit but what's gonna change about the labor market? Andrew, briefly, your thoughts on that.
1: Like I said before, I think a lot of talent's gonna become available, especially a lot of talent that might have resigned from the workforce or got the free money, or things are starting to fall back into the favor of the from the employees to the employer, where before, It was the opposite way. If we're not just talking about home services, if we're talking about technology and everything like that, um, I think if you do the right things with your, you got to treat your employees like they're your clients. So if you do the right things with your clients, you shouldn't, nobody should have retention problems. I just, I think it's a great opportunity right now with a lot of companies that are not going to succeed and not going to follow through. And have that discipline, and there's going to be a lot of talent across the boards. And just like Alan said, it's, when there's talent available, they can change your whole team. One person, two people, can change your entire fortunes. I always pay more to get the top talent than go through six or seven people and have dead salaries from my that are no longer with me. I'd rather just find the winners. And I think there are going to be a lot of winners available.
0: Ellen, briefly, how will the recession affect the labor market in your view?
3: I think you are going to have to pay more for good talent. And I think you're going to have to charge your customers more as a result. We aim to keep our labor as a percentage of sales, 20, 21%. So if we pay more, then the customer has to absorb that cost. It, any cost that goes up, the customer has to pay for. And sometimes that's tough yeah. for, a, for someone to, to, a small business owner to grasp. Uh, yeah. Also, I tell you, I'm humbled by what it takes to develop culture and a team and to love on our group. And the bigger we get, I think this is the game is being able to attract, retain, love on great people and allow them to really grow with your company. That's who's going to win this game always.
0: John, your view, how is this going to affect or how has it already affected the labor market?
2: As good as I think our team is at re- recruiting and retention, this is one area that I think could be a bit of a silver lining through this process. I think it's going to create more opportunity for us.
0: Interesting. Fantastic. Fantastic let's see i want to read a couple of the comments that are coming in from chat christina clarify what you mean here christina christina says anyone willing to mentor are you asking if andrew john or ellen would be willing to mentor you or something else christina clarify that jared is saying how do you build your yearly budgets to maintain the 10 to 12 percent you try to maintain so ellen let me go to you i think that question is around the marketing allocation how do you build your yearly budgets to maintain the 10 to
3: 12%? Oh, I love this budgeting question. I've written books on budgeting, how much should I charge as a budgeting book. I'm I am into that every week in terms of actual the budget. You make it up. Your budget is made up. Don't take this all <laughs> yep. too seriously. Put something together, be willing to flex and adjust. Budgeting is goal setting. So you did 750 last year, you wanna do a million this year, then you put that million dollars down and you strategize. How many guys will it take? How much do they have to bring in every day? Basically the way we budget anymore is per truck. So one more truck can bring in X number of dollars. How many more trucks do we wanna have? Just do a budget without overthinking it. I think people get so intimidated by doing it right. Just do it more and you'll get better at measuring actual to budgeted on a weekly, monthly basis. And that'll give you that. That's the 10,000 hours that you need to make you an expert.
1: Ellen, can I I ask you a question? Sure. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, There's a quick question. I have the conversation with clients a lot about budgeting. And don't you find that at some point it comes down to capacity? and looking at your capacity and looking at if you can spend a dollar and the dollar can bring can spend bringing ten dollars then there is no such thing as a budget right if you can spend an extra dollar and you have the capacity why would you say i limited myself to hundred thousand in, dollars in advertising this year but i have the capacity to do an extra two million dollars in business and i have the sources to bring in a 10X return or whatever X return, you're gonna spend that extra money. You're not gonna stick that up to the 100 grand.
3: Budgeting reveals personality styles. Have you guys ever done DISC or Myers-Briggs or any of this stuff? You're gonna see all of that evolve or emerge when you're budgeting. So for me, I'm behind, di don't like details. I'm like, I can get a budget done in 15 minutes. Now for some of my franchisees who are more critical, more conscientious of details, they need to map out more of the numbers and both are fine. So I would recommend, first off, find out who you're talking to and get a feel for their style and then put together one or two budgets. We're going to use this one until something changes. We make this acquisition. We run into some, we lose a couple of guys and we move to this one Unless you're a publicly held company or you're working tightly with investors, that budget can be pretty dynamic. You could change it every quarter. That's a whole nother. Let's do it. Another, let's do another podcast on budgeting. I really love this topic. (laughs) Yes. Yes is the answer.
0: Let's do that. I want to read what Tom Casey says here in the chat. The price is the price less savvy companies or sorry. Less savvy competitors will adjust prices much slower. Everything costing more right now and will continue to increase so charge appropriately to maintain profitability christina is asking here if andrew you would be open to helping their business take it to the next level so my team please make sure that we get from christina if you don't mind dropping christina in the chat only we can see it here your email and your phone number to make sure we have that and we will follow up with you and certainly help you get it to the next level
1: dave we're also willing to uh, Anybody who wants to get an overview, and assessment of their business, if someone wants to send us a, a, a two-year customer list without the names, we'll plot it out on a 3D heat map for you. We'll append data to it. We'll show you the incomes, the home values, the carry routes where people are coming from, where they're not coming from. We'll show you what you don't know that you don't know about your business. And there's no commitment. There's no nothing. We want to help. Like, we were there where we're doing 10 million pieces a year and now we're doing your 50 million. And anybody who says it's not about the money is full of it. Like I want to do business with good people and I no longer want to do business with people who I can't call up like Alan said and say, I love you, dude. Or I love <laughs> you and you're the best. And so we love to offer that service to people. And if we can help you in any way, we'll, like we have no hierarchy at our company it's the best culture ever and anybody on my team is willing to help anybody with anything
0: i see people saying i love you andrew they're from tom lol so he's uh, he's uh, qualifying a little bit there <laughs> love you too tom I see Jason saying, I'd love another one on budgeting, uh, another session on budgeting. I had a feeling folks would ask for more. I want to ask you all a question here in the audience. I'm going to turn this back to you for a moment. For those of you who are still here, there's still a lot of you here. I want to ask you the following question. What was the one thing, if you could narrow it down to one thing today that the panel shared that you heard from John or from Drew or from Ellen, or maybe even somebody here in the audience that stood out to you that was. Uh, an aha or a key takeaway for for you i want to give you a few seconds think about that and then go drop it in the chat that information is useful not only to us as the organizers here and to drew and to ellen and john but for the rest of you here in the room as well i want to read those off so take a moment i still see a lot of you here i see mike is here michelle uh, let's see max matt Lou habica of course is always here laura lara kevin let me read a few of those off here I see that Chris is saying that calls, texts, and trucks is what stands out. Jim is saying refine your processes and inspect what you expect. Squeeze the lemon. Get the engine. Convert at a high level price and market. Jared is saying the biggest takeaway was to manage my own hula hoop. There we go with the hula hoop. And to always be flexible and ready to adapt to the current conditions. Jack says, spiffing texts with gift cards. Daryl says, calling your best customers personally and consistently. Joe says, market deep, not wide and referral cards. Giselle says, what are we currently saying no to? I think that was one of yours, Ellen. And uh, I like this, yeah, I like the Cinnabon example. Uh, Let's see, Tom is saying, budget by truck slash crew. Lara, forgive me, Laura, Worry about what's going on in your own hula hoop. Jason says, develop more than one budget, adjust as necessary. Never heard of such a thing, but that's an incredible idea. Wow, Jason, that's fantastic. Carlos, I think this is something that you said, Andrew. Said that the net lift versus call tracking was what stood out. Laura says, maximizing marketing through referrals. Leo says, go deep, not wide, and stay in your hula hoop. Mo says, focus on your clients. Kevin says, attack your competitors where they are not strong. Andrea says, just one thing? so much do right by your existing target customers and your team and of course the hula hoop <laughs> so it looks like we got a lot of good feedback here blaine is saying the layer stands out tom casey says manage by your numbers matt says challenging times are just opportunities target target the right message for the right customer or prospect at the right time on the channel that's right for them absolutely i'm going to ask one final question of the panel here don't miss this one was a favorite question of mine. I'm going to go first with you, Andrew. What should we have asked that we didn't today that you want to share with the audience about the recession? Go ahead.
1: Pretty. I think we pretty much hit what it is. The only thing that, you know, I'm a contrarian. I think when people are selling that we should be buying. And I think when people are, flowing back that we should be going forward and John and I had a conversation last night and John's one of my best friends to be perfectly honest with you and that's how I like it with all my customers I like to they're not customers they're partners they get exclusivity and John and I were talking last night and he we were talking about it and it's just all right man yeah I forget what I was saying.
3: It's the love, <laughs> man.
1: You we're know, it's a, COVID. The it's, a, it's a long COVID. It, as you get the brain fog <laughs> from like two months ago and you're on course for something. But what was I saying? No problem.
0: No problem. You, you were, I, my question, I'm going to go John with the same question. John, what should I have asked you? What should we have asked you that we didn't about this recession?
1: Oh, yeah. That was it. John and I were just talking about the contrarian thing last night. Oh, yeah. That was it
2: actually, two of them came to mind for me that were pretty simple. One, do you think we could see a double dip recession? Mm. And my opinion is that we're probably going to see that, but I think they're both going to be mild. That's what I think. And the other one is because it's so, it's really thrown our, a lot of what we're dealing with today started with our, the pandemic, right? It's thrown a wave into everything that we do. And, what if? What impact, if any, do you think future COVID mutations will have on our economy? And the thing I'd probably say to most people on this call, if this is your first recession, my experience tells me, because I've been through what I've learned through my first one, is that the best takeaway or lesson for you would be how to better position yourself for the next recession. We've talked about it. Cash is king. How do you want to be in a position that when it comes down that you're able to jump on the opportunity? So I think that was for me as a If it was me and my first time going through this, I would take that lesson away from me and move. I learned in school one time, a professor saying, having no plan is worse than having a bad plan. Whatever it is, you need to plan. One guy lives with five Ps. Perfect preparation prevents poor performance. So all of it adds up to learn from this and prepare yourself and be in position for the next one. But I, I do wonder about those two things that I was prepared to thought people might
0: ask about. Yeah. Ellen, I'm going to give you the same question, but with a twist from my friend, Tom, I love you. (laughs) Hopefully you feel the love. Yeah. We all love you. Ellen, here's the twist from Tom. What's the one thing that we should not do given the recession?
3: I'm one who is careful about my words. Don't talk so much about it. Take it in. I learned a lot from you today, John. I love what you just shared about preparing for the next one. So just survive this one and do better next time in terms of cash and debt. But don't talk over much about it. Oh, I've talked to everybody. Times are tough. Quit talking to those people. Really just keep yourself focused on that, which you can control. And I do see over and over again that the characteristic of the most successful entrepreneurs I know is optimism. They're not always mm-hmm. the chattiest. They're not always the most outgoing, but they believe that everything's going to be all right, that this is going to be a loop. We'll circle back again, what comes around goes around and they just plan for a long time. Here's one one last story for you. I met with a guy who was the CEO of Med, which is the owner of the company roto a competitor to, to drain I met this guy and I really loved him. And I asked him, what do you do for hobbies? He's like in his late eighties at the time. And he said, I plant trees. I'm a long-term thinker. Here he's in his late 80s and he, that's what his focus was. I I, plant trees and he meant it literally and figuratively, but that's what I like to think of, that I'm planting trees here. This isn't a day, we're going to work on the day and it's for the overall cycle. We'll be fine. So keep your optimism
0: thank you that's a wonderful way to start to bring us to a close here yeah that's for you for ellen for andrew for john if you're still here oh, thank you for being here with us let us know please if you got value out of today's session give us some yeses in the chat if you're on linkedin smash the like drop some yeses over there on linkedin andrea saying yes i think i see someone saying thank you for all of your time i appreciate you all i love these panels fabulous says Lou Jack says yes awesome thank you hell yeah this was awesome I see that from Yuda hopefully I pronounced that thank you Andrew for organizing this I see that great job says Leo love you Ellen and the rest of the group we love you as well I can't see who said that it's flying by too quickly does John have LinkedIn yes my team please go to the chat drop profile links for John for Ellen and for Andrew there please make sure you connect with these folks I know they're all friendly. I know they're willing to help. You see, they've been very giving of their time. If you want to take Andrew up on the offer, the 25% off, what we're going to do is we're going to parse through your responses after this event, and we will be following up with all of you. So from all of us here at The Best Postcards and from the panel, I want to thank you all for being here. Andrew, I'm going to give you the final word, and then we will let everybody out of the room. So Andrew, go ahead give us the final word today
1: like Alan said, I'm not the smartest person in the room, and I have heads of departments that are smarter than me, and nobody ever built a business by being the smartest person in the room. But I love you, Alan. I love you, John. Not only did I learn a lot from you, but you guys are great people, and I'd love to do this again with you guys. And Dave is just, he's a rock star as far as he's got that radio and television personality and he just knows how to make this move and thank you so much and at the end of the day I just want to I love to help people someone was there to help me when I was on the balls of my someone picked me up and, and got me back and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that person and so I, I want to pay it forward.
3: I, mean, I I, see I, doing that I have
1: to keep my com- I have to keep my company for the people who work there then sell it because I want them to become rich too so I see
0: I see Doug saying exactly that. Thank you, Andrew, especially because you inspired me to start my business. Thank you, says Aww. Doug. Yeah, isn't that sweet? That is amazing andrew is the best so generous let me ask you all a question it seems like you all want to do this again and i know ellen when we were getting ready said hey i'm there for the next event if you guys want to have us back which we'd love to it seems like everyone loves you ellen but let me ask the audience who's still here and then i'm going to let you all go what would you like the next topic to be do you want us to continue bringing you insights into how to navigate through the recession i saw budgeting was something that certainly came up Give us a little bit of insight here because it helps me. It helps Andrew and the team here decide what is a topic that's going to bring you the most value. Take a second to think about that. Please give us some feedback. I see. Let's do budgeting from Jason. Jason, I think you were the one that mentioned budgeting. Andrea is saying recruiting and hiring. Tom Casey is saying, what are the top three KPIs? Jared says budgeting and building a strong marketing strategy. Anthony is looking forward. It'd be great to show a, behind the scenes on how to budget. Oh, that's interesting. That would be great. Come on, get, give us a few bits of insight here, folks. This is all for you. Andrew and his team at The Best Postcards are all about investing and helping you, helping the market, helping business leaders, business owners like you improve. So we wanna hear what would be useful. Gisella saying marketing and sales strategies. All right, fantastic. Drop those in, folks. I'm gonna officially bring us to a close here. If you want to ensure that you get invited to the next event, let us know in the chat, drop your best email there. We will be following up with everyone. I know that there's some questions we didn't get to. I know some of you are looking for the 25% off. Andrea is saying, I'm loving your team and building them up. Okay, fantastic. Looks like those emails are coming in. Thank you all for being here today. I want to appreciate every single one of you who stayed about 25 minutes past our official end time. If you're watching this in the video and the recording, We appreciate you being here live, and hopefully, you enjoyed this session via the recording as well. Thank you again. Let us know if you want to attend the next event. Have a wonderful rest of the day and choose not to participate in this recession. Let's find the opportunity. Let's find the silver lining in this event, and let's have an incredible year ahead. Thank you all for your time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, everybody. everybody.